Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back oh my God. to another happy episode of Inspiration Point. Stop. My name is Blinsky. No, Stop. I'm just kidding. It's me, you guys. It's Andrew. It's me. Oh, what? Oh. Thank God. It's Andrew. Hi. And I'm Adam. Yes. <laughs> and uh, just Adam. Just Adam. <laughs> and uh, tonight we're joined by a good mutual friend of ours, Adam. Who are we graced with this evening? Well, she is the GM for the Quests and Chaos show Swords and Sages. She plays Susanna DeShane in the Quests and Chaos show Down Darker Trails. She plays Agent Rowan in the Redacted Reports, which she also edits and produces. And she plays Charlotte Palladino on the Majestic Goose Network show Roll for Weird. She has 57 audiobooks currently available on Audible, oh. who's not sponsoring the show, but we would be open to it, including books such as All Things by Amber Belding, The Secret Admirer by Marion Snow and Ruby G- Grandin, and Now You See It by K.J. Emmerich. She has also been an extra on 13 Reasons Why, Chance, oh. and even Ant-Man and the Wasp. And played the role of Kit in a video game called Addle Earth, and has several other projects of various sizes in the works. Finally, she plays a generous handful of other role-playing games for her own amusement and edification, including my Storm King's Thunder campaign. And most importantly, at all of all, she is my Bioware-esque love interest in a game we both play in, <laughs> or maybe I'm her love interest. I can't tell who the pr- protagonist is. Ladies and gentlemen. Tiana Hansen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here with you guys. And thank you for all the information that you just gave me so I could write that. You are quite welcome. (laughs) I got to throw in there, too, um, that uh, I I met uh, Tiana. I think we met for the first time back at Dundracon, didn't we? I think so. When you guys were doing the panel, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's correct. Um, I, I, I wasn't on that panel because it was for the GMs at the time, and at the time, I wasn't a GM mm, on uh, Quest and Chaos, that's right? But you and a couple of the other Nord folks were there, and we all met and introduced ourselves, and it's been a wonderful right. friendship ever since. It really was. Uh, I got to be on uh, Chaos Agents. Is it? Do you guys use Chaos Agents or Agents of Chaos? We use uh, Chaos Agents, and that's like the overall mm. show. And then there's the different campaigns, or will be whenever we can get back in person to start campaign two. Right. And uh, you played Andraste on there, and uh, I got to play. I got to play a uh, cuddly furball named Grumble. Yeah, you're the, you're the one. You're the one who inflicted alacrity upon us. Oh, inflicted. Inflicted. Why? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell everybody about Steadfast and Alacrity. Steadfast was cool. I liked Steadfast. Okay. So Grumble was traveling with us while we were going into the second arc of campaign one, lovingly dubbed the forest arc. Um, and uh, <laughs> he... <laughs> I had a staff of the woodlands. I think yes, I, that, that is the, that is the important piece of information that you need here because uh, he decided to awaken our two horses. 
That sounds like an Andrew thing to do straight <laughs> oh my up. Oh, God. So steadfast and alacrity. Uh, steadfast was, as his name suggested, very, mm, all right, we're going to do the thing. We're just going to trudge along, do our jobs. Whereas alacrity was very much up like this and all over the place. And I hated her. <laughs> So you had Big Mac and Pinkie Pie. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, and, wow, then, and then the joke just kept going because on Chaos Agents, we don't kill jokes. We, we, we beat them to death and then resurrect them to be the, the <laughs> trotting joke horses that run along with us. And uh, last I heard, uh, Alacrity had taken over Waterdeep, uh, unseating Lairel Silverhand. Yes. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and and steadfast and steadfast was leading the resistance against her. Oh my god, they're opposed to each other now? Yeah. Oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> I set that all into motion. I'm you so did. proud or shocked. I'm I'm not sure which. <laughs> wow. Six of one, half dozen of the other. She took over water deep. Good Lord. I'm sitting back here knowing what I do about Leirel and going, oh, that must have been interesting. Shamini. Man, I feel like my world has been turned upside down now. You're welcome. Um, that that was, I I had such a good time with that, though. Back, back in the days when we could uh, play face to face. Although, <sighs> I guess we're getting back to that now, right? You know, That's it's coming hope. back around. That's the hope. We started out Swords and Sages in person, and then with the Delta variant getting all out of control, mm. we, we had to go back to being virtual, which was heartbreaking. But, you know, at least I still yeah. get to play with these mad people. So I, I guess that works. And they they really are good folks. Like everyone over there is a lot of fun. I like them. I'm, I'm very delighted to be part of Quest and Chaos just in general. And even even if I weren't like cast and been in like almost everything that they do, I still just I love it. I love them. Sure, great Absolutely. people. So what what have the what have the two of you been been up to? How's your how's your day going? How's the past week been going for you? Uh, well, I'm I'm doing fine. Uh, everything is is going fine this week. I actually really wanted to get uh, Tiana on the show. I mean, we have been talking about bringing her oh, on yeah. uh, for a while. Of course, and uh, you know uh, she she and I play in a couple of games together, as I mentioned before. But I want to do a short campaign over uh, my upcoming fall break for our patrons and our um, guests, uh, basically whoever wants to play that's associated with us, and it's based on Dragon Age. And the moment he said that, I was like, me 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 me. me, me. <laughs> Well, yeah, for why sure. Why on earth would someone who played a character named Androste want to play Andraste, in a Dragon right, Age yeah. game? That just makes no sense at all. Basically, like Lady Jesus <laughs> of, of of the Dragon oh, Age no, series. Oh, no, it was even better than that because uh, I forgot that the standard blessing in Thetis is may the light of Andraste shine upon you, and then I made a light domain cleric. Right. Oh. Um. <laughs> Well, low key, you just wanted to cast fireball, but like you know, not, not even low key, <laughs> high key. I was, I was going, I was going through the book. This was the second character that I had ever made was Andraste, yeah. and so I was flipping Get through. The, no, seriously, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that uh, that she was like, um, I guess that early in your RPG career. 
Yeah, I've only been playing TTRPGs for about four years now. No kidding. Yeah, I've been aware of them most of my <laughs> life because I was raised Christian and they have very, my my corner of Christianity had a very particular opinions about that. <laughs> well, Adam was uh, pretty, pretty darn adjacent to that. Mm hmm as well yeah so. yeah depending on who you on who you ask yeah i was <laughs> i was raised with let's say a a, a religious bent uh, a very strict one mm. um but uh yeah i think that that piece of us is is always there and maybe dnd was was kind of that uh forbidden fruit and and for andrew who's still quite involved mm. uh you know there's there's still like I don't know, Andrew. Does it make you feel like a rebel when you get to play D anD D, or you know, you just were never like involved enough with that type, that particular strain, let's say. Well, of I mean, not that this is a religion show, <laughs> but oh, sure, y- you know, I, I will say like nobody cared about uh, married with children, right? And until all the little parent groups got upset about it, and then everyone figured out what it was, and then it became famous, right? Right. So I, I guess we can. We, we may be able to thank the satanic panic for right. the um for the, you know, the success that the game enjoys today. But anyway, I wanted to get Tiana into that Dragon Age game, but there was only two ways to do it. Um, and so we wanted to have her on finally as a guest and stop waiting. There we go. And so I'm glad to glad to have you. Um, but yeah, how, how has your week been as I. Pass the baton back to you, Tiana. <laughs> um, I started working a, a gig this week that has call times at between 6.15 and 6.45. And like in the morning? Yeah, that's a time that I wasn't aware existed. And then it I should started- <laughs> only come once a day. You know, I completely agree. But Although I have that kind of call time uh, because I have children. But, you know. That's true. And mine is and mine is temporary <laughs> and not uh, an 18 year commitment. So there's that. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a gig, though. <laughs> I mean, it really would be. Job security. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, I've been working on that this week. Uh, today was day two. We got released a bit early, so I got to come home and take a nap. So that was nice. Oh, oh. babe. <laughs> right? That's the good stuff, man. That's. <laughs> Man, I love naps. Oh, man, we're not old. <laughs> this show's like full of old people. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, nap. I am making up oh. for all the naps I did not want to take as a, as a, as a toddler. All right. They don't know how good they got it. Mm-hmm. They really have no what idea. What do they say? They really uh, no youth idea. is wasted on the young. You know. Toddlers cry literally every day of their lives, and they have the greatest lives. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. But the it's world is so big truth. and scary, so I get it. it, and, really it is. So there are definitely days where it's like if I didn't if I didn't have to be an adult right now, I would just sit down and cry like a toddler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I uh, well, no, I won't I won't go down that road anyway. Yeah, probably a good idea. We well, <laughs> we we have almost gone down some dark roads already in the first ten <laughs> minutes of the show. Uh, but we we are going to stay out of let's call them the deep roads. Wah, wah, We're wah. going to go in a happy direction. Are I'm we? going a happy direction. Andrew is using this voice because last night we he played a, well he ran Curse of Strahd uh. and he got to play uh, Blinsky who runs a toy shop that's uh, designed by uh, Tim Burton. <laughs> And uh, he was very thrilled to play that character. I didn't know so. I was going to get to, and then I did, and. And I, Adam, you said it best, like, <laughs> I, 
we the party had split and uh one of our other players uh and an npc were the ones that had gone uh to the toy store which i had not anticipated happening until it happened um and once we got into it adam like (laughs) pops in for a second he goes just so you know what's going on right now is is andrew's jam and this is where we're gonna be for the rest of the night (laughs) yes yes when when andrew gets a shiny uh that's 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 it for the evening Right. So mm-hmm. it, that is that is definitely an Andrew shiny. Um, I, he once saw me and I've been his shiny ever since. And I and I can't escape. Someone help. <laughs> you'll never you'll never escape. I'll, I'll be like yeah. uh, uh, Elmira oh, from Tiny Toon Adventures. I'm, I'm just going to love you and squeeze wow. you and pet you all over. You know, is that. <laughs> Squeezy until your eyes pop out of your head. He's so adorable Tiana, with empty me, eye sockets. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tiana. Adam. Thank you for coming on our show. Let me ask you a question. The first question is 57 audiobooks. What is going on? How do you how did you get that gig? And and what's that like? And tell me all about that. So uh, I started out doing audio work as a freelancer shortly after I moved to the Bay Area coming up on six years ago now. Actually, I just stop and think about what year it was. Um, but yeah, I, I was pointed towards Fiverr first. And that was where I did my first audio book, which hopefully will disappear into the depths of the Internet and never be heard from again. It was terrible. <laughs> but you have to do something <laughs> terrible first in order to get right. somewhere decent. There were so I didn't know what I didn't know because you don't. Um Yeah. And then I was pointed toward uh, ACX, which is Audiobook Creator Exchange uh through Amazon, which partners, which is of course part of Audible or Audible is part of Amazon. Order of operations, very important. Yes. <laughs> what is in a part of Amazon? I mean, Mm. Yeah, I, I was I was going to I was going to be starking that I remembered that Twitch is part of Amazon too, and went oh, no, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, wise. Yeah, but I was pointed in that direction. I put some samples up. I did some little audiobooks that are that are up there now. One of them was uh, a collection of uh, queer fairy tales, which was right up my alley, but also terrible. Also one of my first. The the, the fault was on me, not on the book. The book the book is actually quite fun. Um, and then I was contacted by a, uh, a lesbian romance writer, uh, Bridget Essex, and she and her wife had found my samples and wanted me to audition for them. So I did. And then I started doing lesbian romances. It's a fun little niche. Very good. Wow. That's really cool. Like how, how do you get into that? Oh, well, the, and the other question is also like, um, you, you say you're not happy with some of those projects. Like what are some of the things that you learned from, from the early projects where you got into, let's say your stride. Um, I learned that when I am reading out loud, I tend to read very quickly because I mm. started reading out loud when I was quite young. Uh, it was part of our homeschool curriculum where there was a section mm. of read out louds and I'm the oldest, so my mom read the books out loud to me and my brother and then handed me the book when my sister got to that point and said, I've read them twice, now it's your turn. 
Uh. <laughs> and so I started doing the read out louds. And then I, I, I started. I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> Take it from me. Take, Take it away. Uh, and then I started reading uh, books out loud to my sister. She has dyslexia. So there were books that I really love that she couldn't get into because the words would rearrange themselves on the page. Mm. Um, and I really wanted her to read the Tamara Pierce books. And so I would read her a couple chapters every night before we went to bed. It's a great time to read. It is. But I was, I've, I was never been, I've never been very good at voices and I tend to read fast because I'm trying to keep her attention. And then, uh, I had to, I had to break that habit real quick once I got into audiobooks because people want to be able to turn the speed up to 1.5. They don't want me to start at two times. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That, that's an easy thing to forget that, uh, that folks have that playback option now where uh, where they can crank it up a little bit. Um, what I, I remember uh, hearing something interesting that basically the the human brain is actually able to uh, process sound often uh, f- faster than we can take it in, at least uh, typically normal sound. Um, that, that's really interesting, though. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine that's a survival instinct. Like you had to mm. hear the the thing that was coming out of the forest at you and react fast enough to not die. Right. Um, right. But that's yeah. not very good for storytelling. So one of the things that I had to learn <laughs> very quickly was slow the frick down mm. and really let people yeah. enjoy the story because and that that's what it's turned into for me is I am reading the words on the page, but I'm also telling the story. So I set the pace. I'm giving the characters their voices. I do accents now and again. They're very bad, but I have fun with them anyway. Now, I I have a bit of a question about that because I have rolled the idea around in my head of trying to dabble in that sort of neighborhood too. Um, And there are some voices that I can do pretty well. Um, but there are also other ones that I don't do well or that uh, that I just shouldn't do, perhaps out of just straight up political correctness, if nothing else. Uh, sure. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny as they may I, or may not be. I mean, uh, to be fair, that there, <laughs> there are accents I will not attempt because I'm like, I will make this awful right, and I don't want to like, do that. This you'll just get lambasted on Twitter and into oblivion. Um, but when it comes to doing a a character who you know their voice should be way outside your wheelhouse, you're like, okay, clearly this character ought to have a voice that I just am not up to doing. How do you tackle that? So I have a handful of voices that I reuse on the regular. Um, sure. When when I'm doing so a lot of the the, the romances that I do tend to be first person for obvious reasons. Mm. There they tend to be you know very you know the self insert romance which right. is which is a lot of fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So the main character is usually just my voice. And that makes it a lot easier as the base. And that's a great way to go. It really is because then it's just, I am the character. I am talking as me. And then everyone else interacts with me, the character. Um, 
as far as trying to tackle things that are way outside of my wheelhouse, I do my best. But what every audiobook narrator in particular needs to remember is that um, if they wanted something like a full radio play, they would do a full radio play and hire all of the freaking actors to do it. You are not That's Matt Mercer. You are not Matt Mercer as much as we all want to be. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Oh it's man! A dream the impossible dream. Man of a thousand voices over there. I <laughs> I would I would do a lot to get that kind of range, but mm. you know I I have what I can do and I'm okay with that. So the short answer is, if it's an accent that I'm not very good at, I practice it until I can do a reasonable approximation. Like mm. um, uh, one of the books that I did is called The Actress, and one of the characters has an Irish accent, and I had never done an Irish accent well before that and i still argue that i haven't done it well but <laughs> adam you got a good irish accent that you can do i think well, it's it's built in you know <laughs> well yeah uh, <laughs> it, it's proportionate to how long my beard gets um but uh yeah no i i mean i assume tiana that you had to work at it right like you had to practice it because i mean i at least for me i just watched someone yeah. do it over and over and over again. And then I basically walk around the house like a madman, just talking <laughs> to myself, uh, you know, in the shower, in the car, whatever. I just read street signs and accents I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. It's it's one, of, it's one of the nice things about living alone. I don't, my, my cats think I'm insane, but they always do. So that's fine. <laughs> they just shrug. and <laughs> Your wife just looks at you and you look back. You're like, you signed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you knew who I was. <laughs> She thinks it's cute. So it is. Um, the the only thing I can't do. Uh, well, I I'll, I think I have a voice down and then Andrew starts doing a different <laughs> voice and then I get pulled in that direction and I can't. Like, we that that has been a new <laughs> phenomenon. Like I yeah, haven't experienced that before. That and then like the past couple of sessions, we've run into that where we'll start like yeah, just, sliding around. So, you know, I. Uh, I, I don't know. I dabble with it. I think it's really interesting. But what's your method? You know, what do you do to, to get yeah, used to I, it? Yeah, I tend to listen to a lot of um, people who have that particular accent. There was a book that I did um, uh, called Darlings, where one of the characters had a Tennessee accent. And I'm very lucky. I have a friend who was, who was born and raised in Tennessee. So oh, nice. I would call her periodically and be like, okay, Brittany, I need you to just talk for about five minutes. Read the phone book if you need to. But I really just need to hear how you say certain words. And then and then mm. I would just like, okay, I'm not mocking you, but I need to try this. And she and she was she was a great sport about it, where she was like, Oh, you you want to try lengthening that a little bit because she she tends to think very critically about that sort of thing anyway, because mm. she's she's a smart person who is intrigued by voice acting. So I talk to people who have that accent that helps. Um, I listen to uh, audiobooks or um YouTube videos of people discussing the mechanics behind it. And then mm. I try to find a trick for it. So for my Irish accent, for example, um, I sort of sing the words. I put everything in the front of my mouth and then it all just sort of comes out as a little bit of a sing song. There you go. And I actually it's- rather like how it comes out, but I don't think I'd be able to keep it for very long. <laughs> That's really, really good. I I remember on, uh, on our uh, theater class, uh, episode with uh, Nate Stamper. Uh, he was talking about 
that sort of thing too. And he would, uh, he mentioned that he would have like a couple kind of go-to catchphrases as well that had kind of help him sort of recalibrate. Yeah, there's there's very much a, a keyword type of thing. Like, I can't do a Scottish mm. accent, but if I could ever figure out how to do a Scottish accent, the way that David Tennant says emergency would be my keyword. <laughs> because because <laughs> it's emergency. Go. Emergency. <laughs> emergency. That little roll just at the top. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I would say watch Brave, you know, Billy Connolly. Billy you know, Connolly, baby. The, the, oh, that guy, man. Like, that'll teach you the accent right quick. He's um, he's so fun. He's he's I don't want to get married. I just want to ride my horse through the forest and shoot arrows. My hair blows in the wind. <laughs> Wasn't he also in the Hobbit films? I'm trying to remember. He he was in the third one. He played. Yeah, uh, he was one of the dwarves. He yeah. played the. Uh, oh, yeah. The guy the who showed up towards the end. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have tried to block those films from my mind. Dude, you should see the the behind the scenes stuff where they've got Billy in like head to toe uh, costume. Like the amount of bulk they put on this guy. And he's already a huge dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, was freaking incredible. I, I remember thinking that for a couple of the dwarves where it was like, these are not, I mean, some of them are are people built on a bigger scale than the rest of us, but right. some of them are just not particularly. And they all looked, you know, like dwarves, that heavy, yeah. bulky, stolid, salt of the earth type of people. I love it. It was, uh, it was. Except Feely and Keely, they were supposed to be pretty or something. I don't know. Or something. <laughs> Tiana, I want to jump back and I want to talk about your history with with acting and with voice acting. Like, you know, when did it when did the interest start? Um, and, you know, what did you do? I mean, were you high, homeschooled in high school? Did you have theater classes? You know what? What started all that? What's the origin? So f- for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be someone else. Um I, I don't remember this, but my mom said that there was a time where I refused to go by any name but Ariel. Uh, I do mm-hmm. remember only yeah. answering to Wendy for a while. Um, Interesting. And there was a series of films that I grew up with in the Christian world where I would imitate uh, scenes from it. I would reenact the scenes and make my siblings play with me to, <laughs> re- to reenact the scenes <laughs> because the oldest has to come with some sort of benefit. Totally. Um, and... That sort of developed into doing um, little skits at my church and things like that, doing mm. uh, uh, King's Kids through YWAM or Youth with a Mission, um, which was th- which was theater and it was dance. But I got to the point, especially at my church, because there wasn't anyone properly teaching theater where right. I, I'm not going to blow smoke up my own ass, but I, I, uh, I, I am, I've, mm. I do have a certain amount of natural talent. How about that? <laughs> sure. No, that's, I think that's, that's okay. fair to that's say. That's okay. Yeah, that's But I got fine. to the point where I was teaching the the skit classes and directing the little skits. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I in charge of this? I don't know what I'm doing. You know more than the other people. That's or, or, the or had a natural. That, that, that's how jobs at church go. <laughs> it really right? is. Like, are you vaguely interested in this? You are now in charge mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was I was homeschooled from the time I learned to read until I graduated high school. So I never 
had a public school experience per se, but I did start taking university classes for dual credit when I was about 14 or 15. Um, Yeah. And uh, there was a person in my church whose son has since gone on to be a a theater actor in New York city. He and uh, his, his wife is uh, on Broadway. So like, it's, it's odd where people go from there, but uh, Wayne Gregory uh, cast me as the the lead character Mary in the Christmas pageant two years running. And in both of them, he gave me an actual monologue. Uh, and he was like, go memorize Mary's Prayer by Max Licato. Wow. <laughs> Which was a solid chapter in this thing. I mean, it was like three pages, but it was long. And I didn't, I didn't know enough to be intimidated by it at that point. Holy moly. Yeah. I, I still, let's see. God, oh, infant God, heaven's fairest child. That's where it started, yeah. But I, I did that two years running as Mary, and then uh, Wayne was like, "You've you've got something. You should go and start auditioning for the Fairbanks Drama Association." Uh, I did, and started getting roles, and started realizing that even though I have stage fright that is so bad, I almost throw up every time I went on stage. There was something about it that I needed. So mm-hmm. I started so I started taking theater classes at University of Alaska Fairbanks and you probably wouldn't guess it now I had a terrible stutter as a child and young teenager even up into 18 19 20 You you definitely hear about um a lot of uh, great actors that do like James Earl Jones for crying out James loud James Earl yeah. Jones yeah yeah he, yeah, terrible stutter. He had to like, he would have to like work out mm-hmm. like bench press before, uh, before a show as part of his preparation. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that was pointed out to me when I was in To Kill a Mockingbird, um, Bob Miller, who played Atticus Finch, I was Mela Ewell in that play. He pointed out to me, do you realize that you don't ever stutter when you have lines? Mm. Interesting. And that really changed the way that I thought about the stutter because it was like, it was always just something that happened. There was nothing I could really do about it except get frustrated. And then it was like, right, but I can do it without that. And then when I watched the King's speech, I was like that, that, that is exactly what it's like. I was like. about to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask if you'd seen that one. Yeah. Cause that's what I, I hear that. That's pretty, pretty it accurate. Is shockingly accurate. So one right. of the things that I've had to do is, think about the way that I speak, the way that I think about speaking lines. And now, you know, mumble, mumble years later, it's gotten a lot more natural. But when I'm thinking, you can sometimes hear the weird pauses that are in my speech because my mind is going so fast that my brain can't always keep up. And so I have to make myself pause or I start tripping over my words. That's really interesting. Like I, I find that I do almost the opposite where like I, um, I mean, Adam's extremely familiar with this. Like I, I will sort of the pace myself out and uh, just, I'll take these pauses and stuff because I'm trying to be so deliberate about what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, and it like, it drives my mom and my wife nuts. Like I'll be trying to tell them something and they'll be like, get to like, the out with point. It. And I was like, you're so mean. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I know what the end of the sentence is anyway, but I, but I we let finish each you. other's sandwiches. Yep. There it is. You know, you have young children win. <laughs> um, 
Oh, but yeah, man. I, I want to sandwich. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I did my theater degree at UAF. I took six years to get a four-year degree nice. because I was working most of the time. So, you know, it is what it is. That'll um, happen. All right. So you, you, you did school like Andrew does a sentence. Perfect. <sighs> you started <laughs> I it. I want to disagree, but you're not wrong. There it is. <laughs> um, and then after I graduated university, I worked for about six months, packed everything that was important to me in my little blue car and went driving around the United States for five months, mostly trying to find a place where I felt right. And mm. uh, the Bay Area was it. I came back a few years later, uh, about three years later, after I'd worked my butt off to be able to afford an apartment here. Because, yeah. yikes. Even it, I, I arrived here in 2016, even then. Dude, that's it. It, it was obscene then. It mm-hmm. has not gotten better by any nope. stretch of the imagination. Not yeah. a bit. And then when I, and that's why that's why all my neighbors are from California. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear Andrea complain about that a lot. She's like, "No, get out! The prices are getting yep. bad." Yep. It they. But it is fun to be in a swing state. I think I'm kind of in a swing state now. That's exciting. yeah. Y'all went yeah. purple this last election. Yeah, we went we went purple. So. I, I always said I wanted to be in a swing state and I got my you wish there you go. um, as long as it stays purple, because otherwise then it's not exciting again in the other way. Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so you, you got your degree and then what? And then you, oh, well, then you went to, you got your apartment that was very highly priced and you, you were working and paying for it through voice acting. So, when I say I worked my butt off to get here, I mean, I worked hard enough that I was able to pay for a year of rent before I landed here, which was very helpful for uh, relieving some of the pressure. Wow. That sounds like such an adventure actually, but also terrifying. Yeah. That's pretty much been my life since I landed here. I worked a normal job uh, for a couple of months. I went and worked at like half price books because I used to work at Barnes and Noble and I love working with books. Oh, there you go. And then I was just like, you're not paying me enough to be here. I'm going to go try something else. And so I started doing rideshare. So I didn't support myself mm. with my voice for quite a while, a couple of years. I was driving uh, rideshare. Mm. Yeah. And doing voice work and building up my portfolio, uh, learning what I didn't know and figuring out how to do the things that I needed to be able to do. Um, also doing a lot of extra work in student films and uh, things like that just to build up a resume and a portfolio. Sure. Uh, some of my favorite projects might never see the light of day, and I'm sad about that. Well, you know, it's it. Sometimes those kind of things, um, you know, are are just for you, or you know, a, a select few people yeah. where it's like this is just a a special thing that you got to be a part of. And um, I, I think that's me running D and D. It's like just some way that someone sees this <laughs> stuff swimming around up there. there right. Like, please look at it. Well, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I've a tangent a bit, but I was, I was telling um, my friend Alondra about blood and thunder and kind of lamenting the fact that it's not a podcast because I like the story is so good. The characters are so interesting and I wish I could share this with people. But also, it's really nice to just have something that's mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a it is a tricky situation because once it becomes a job, then it becomes mm-hmm. a job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but yeah, and also plus you're so involved already doing doing an RPG as uh, as a product to be mm-hmm. consumed by an audience like 
the way that you play a character that's for a show that other people who are not participating are watching is typically going to just instinctively be different than how you'd play if you're just sitting around with your pals. Um, just sort of, even if it's just in your mental state, like, you know, you want to be entertaining for all these people where if it's just you and your buddies, you know, it's, you have all these inside jokes and, you know, all these foibles and stuff. And you kind of, it's, it's a lot more comfortable or loose, um, different levels of, uh, of pressure or lack thereof. I don't know. And maybe it's because my TTRPG experience has been so tied up in live streaming from not quite the beginning, but pretty close. That's but I fair. Play, but I play characters very similarly on live streams as I do in person, I think. I mean, the only real difference that I've noticed is, is how I have to sit when I'm on camera. Right. But otherwise, I tend to play the cleric character or the healer character, whether it's a home game or not. Mm. I'm almost always the mom friend. Um, and I mean, we have, we have the inside jokes on live streams too, where people who are just tuning in are like, all right, what does this hashtag mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, who are some of your, uh, your inspirations, right? Um, like who, who are some actors or actresses that, uh, that inspire you? Um, this might not be terribly PC anymore, and I kind of don't care. Johnny Depp has always been one of my favorite actors. Hmm. I think I think Johnny Depp's okay. It's Amber Heard that's the problem. Uh, it's isn't gone it? back or, and forth. I'm not sure which direction it is back. anymore. But <laughs> I don't. I, don't I have know. I have admired Johnny Depp as an actor since I ran across him in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie because. Um, oh yeah. I went to see it because I'm, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and Orlando Bloom was in it. So I was like, I'm going to go see like right. Lawson something else. And then I came walking out going, who in the name of the hells is this Johnny Depp person? Mm. And so I started tracking down his earlier stuff and his he's a fascinating actor. The way that he just settles yeah. into a character. And I've, I have most of his back catalog of stuff prior to the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I like some of the stuff afterwards, but before that, he got to be weird. And I like yeah. that. Like Edward Scissorhands. Edward I mean, Scissorhands that's a- is a classic, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I also really loved Benny and June. And um, right, yeah. From Hell had me sitting, staring at my computer with tears streaming down my face, going, what? What is Didn't this? He- <laughs> Didn't he also do uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Benicio Del Toro? Yes. Wasn't I it the that, two of them? That I movie own that, is I a seen trip it. and a half, dude. Mm. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That, that movie is something else. So, so Johnny Depp is very much someone that I look at in the kind of chameleon sense, which is interesting because I don't think of myself as a TTRPG player who is a chameleon or necessarily an actor who's a chameleon. I am. Um, what, what do you mean by that? What's a chameleon? Someone who can, when, when you're watching it, you're not thinking this is Johnny Depp. That, oh, that I see. Is interesting. Dream. Right. And there are actors who can do that, but they are it's like a, solid range. Yeah. But they are such a small handful of, of actors because most of the time, especially with Hollywood culture, you know, you're watching it and yeah. it's like, Oh, 
it's Martin Freeman who I adore. Mm-hmm. And so I don't mind watching Martin Freeman, but I, I never forget that he's Martin Freeman. Right. Yep. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, that's basically how they get cast. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's not so much their limitation all the time as much as it is like, Oh, this is where you get, this is where you land. Yeah. And I think, and, and I think that's right. why Johnny Depp worked so well before he was in Pirates of the, of the Caribbean, because he didn't necessarily have that, niche because he was a teen heartthrob in 21 jump street and then mm. he went and did some weird things as i think sort of a way to buck that i think um uh daniel radcliffe has been doing very similar things because he's like i can live on harry potter money for the rest of my life you you definitely see daniel radcliffe showing up and in, in some like i'll be flipping through like prime or netflix and stuff and i'll see stuff like like guns akimbo i'm like what is he's always in weird stuff like now. yeah he's he's got like he blood like on his face and like two freaking nine millimeters and i'm like bolted to it he doesn't just have the nine millimeters they're bolted to his hands oh my god <laughs> like like he did he see the script and go this is like as far from harry potter as i can possibly be i asked him to bolt wands to my hands in the movies and they said nope not gonna happen that wasn't in the books so this is my chance i i think he actually started doing that pretty early because shortly after finishing harry potter he did uh equus which is that's a show that is uh kind of it famous in the in the like theater annals right, that's play, like a, it? yeah that's yeah, a that's a play that a lot of high schools do to be edgy right Ooh, yeah <laughs> That is a very interesting yeah. play. It is one that I uh, mercifully know as little as I can get away with. <laughs> but uh. I feel like he did that pretty early on to get away from the image of being the boy wizard because he was like, I don't want to be pigeonholed as this for the rest of my life. And right. Johnny Depp's downfall, in my opinion, has been that with a few Jack exceptions, Sparrow. he's been Jack Sparrow. Yep. Pretty much yeah. since. Um, oh, crap. What was the one? Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland was, was a big exception to that. And I loved that movie. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's excellent. What about any uh, voice actors or actresses? You know, Steve Bloom, Tara Strong, any of those. I mean, guys? Matt Mercer, obviously. But <laughs> well, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but also, pretty much the entire cast of Persona Five, because that was the. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, that was the game. The that- Don't get me started. That'll be the whole show now. <laughs> <laughs> we we can talk about that later. Off off. Um, See, this off is this sure. is Adam's jam. And uh, we're going to be yes. here for the rest of the evening, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He got me. He Ba-bam. got me back. Wah, wah, Ba-bam. Wah. Mak- Makoto's best girl. Why? Go ahead. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, Makoto is always. I've I played through I played through the game fully twice. And, and uh, the first time I romanced Takeme, but then I was just like, Makoto. Hi. Same. Oh my gosh. My first time was in Kemi too. And then I was like, I have to go back for Makoto. Give me my best girl. I, I so. have a soft spot for, for the, the character that doesn't know how to be a person and is learning how as right. she just is kind yeah. of like, so I can be something other than what I was told I need to be all of my life, but I could still find justice in my way. Heck yeah. Sign yes. me up. Queen. Queen. Yes. Uh, the the yes. class president of my mm-hmm. heart. <laughs> I mean the fact the fact that her code name is Queen is just perfect. Yes. I I, yes. I will make a confession here that I don't say very often in many places, but I do write fan fiction and very <laughs> You should have kept that to yourself. 
No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She should give it to me. I need to read it now. If it's about Makoto, I need to it read it. It's about Makoto. It's a. Uh, oh my it's gosh. A, it's a. Uh, there's two that I finish and one that I'm still working on that I might finish one of these days. But Makoto, Makoto is best girl. Um, but I, but Persona oh Five was why I started following voice actors on Twitter, and that was how I. That's how I found out about Critical Role. I didn't know about Critical oh, right. Role until I followed Matt Mercer, who is Yusuke, and was like, what is this Critical Role thing he keeps talking about? Wow. I, yeah, I, I wow. came at it the opposite direction cool. that a lot of people do. No kidding. Yeah. Um, Cassandra Lee Morris is, is a lot of fun. Uh, both of the Erica's who are on Persona 5 are phenomenal, both for very different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Max uh, Middleman is a lot of fun. Uh, Xavier Mob- Mobius I, I cannot help but admire the fact that he is the announcer for the, the Smash games and also Joker. So when when Joker came into the, the, the Smash games, uh, he was announcing himself then. And that, that amuses me. <laughs> I didn't know that was the same character. That's, That's really the cool. same voice That's... actor. He's been the announcer for Smash for like two or three games at this point. I think. I saw an interview with him where he was like, it's boring playing the persona antagonist because you have like no lines. It's just mostly grunting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that, that, that is one of the hard parts about like writing for it because it's like, yeah. how do you write this character who doesn't speak? Right. Yeah. It's that's a little bit frustrating. Um, but oh, man, I can I could definitely go on about about persona. Yeah, um, I I mean, I've I've been into the Persona games for about 14 years at this point because uh, my first housemate when I moved out of my parents' house introduced me to Persona 3. Yeah, great game. Yeah, a lot darker than I remembered when I went back and played it again. I was like, oh, yeah, you shoot yourself in the head with this gun like thing to to activate your Persona. You weren't subtle there, were you? Whoa. No, and I think I think in many ways it's darker than than five. Oh, yeah, uh, five, five is is downright light compared to both three and four. I think. Uh I'd argue that with four because because yeah. four definitely strives for a lighter tone because I think they saw the reaction to three and went ah let's course yeah. correct and make this a little bit more yeah it's about a serial killer but let's make this cheerful right sure yeah until you get to the end and then it. It definitely takes well, a Well, I mean, it's always about killing God in the end, isn't it? It really kind of is. Yeah, all of them seem to be kind of about that. Um, <laughs> so I mean, spoiler alert, that's a lot of JRPGs. I don't feel like it's an actual and, spoiler. And that, that, you know, that brings me to questions that I want to ask, but I am nervous about asking on on this show we, we, because we, we do try to keep it yeah. light. But I am I'm trying to connect some dots here and I'm, I'm saying when I was a child, I, um, I didn't want to be myself and I grew up in a heavily influenced, uh, environment. And then I ended up writing, uh, lesbian, um, or, or reading for, for lesbian, uh, romance novels. And, uh, eventually, um, you know, got into persona and all that other stuff. I feel like there's connections here. I don't know how much you want to talk about that. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm willing to talk about it pretty much as, as, as much as you guys are willing to, let's put it that way. Cause this stuff, okay. this stuff can get pretty heavy, but it's not something that I shy away from. Yeah. So I, I don't want to alienate anybody, let's say, but you know, I am curious as to, cause I, I you're an artist yes. at the end of the day. 
And I think a lot of artists have to draw from somewhere. And, and I, uh, you know, myself, I relate to this a lot, I think. And, you know, I, well, you talk. (laughs) So, um, I think one of the more, I, I think the reason why I really connect to the Persona games in particular, and particularly Persona 5, because it's so very blatant about you take the mask off in order to be free. Um, a right. lot of yeah. a lot of my growing up, and again, this is not a diss on Christianity. This was entirely my experience in yeah. the group that I grew up with, sure. because, you know, every group is as different as any tabletop role-playing group. Mm. There are some that just work, and there are some that really just don't, and... That's a great way of putting yeah. it. And I was unfortunate enough to grow up in a group that I just did not fit with. I, w- I never I never fit. I was always too loud. I was always too geeky for, for whatever I was into. And so being someone else was always a, a high appeal for me. Someone who, you know, was better with people. Someone who understood the social mores that I just was not getting. And then I got old enough to go into the internet communities of fandom and was like, oh, I am only weird in the context of the people that I'm around Mm. in these internet communities where, you know, people spend hours writing Lord of the Rings fan fiction. I'm normal. Yeah. And that was really an important shift for me. And um, that's, I think one of the reasons why the persona games resonate so hard with me is it's, it's this part of you that you show the world that may or may not actually work for you. And when you can, Except that like in Persona 4, there's the shadow part of you that you hide and keep away. And you're only really yourself when you can accept that. Um, I'm I'm queer, for example. And I was raised in uh, a Christian society that didn't really accept that to the point where I didn't realize that I was queer until I was in my early 20s. So I had a lot of catching up to do very quickly. Um, so yeah, there has been a lot of my acting journey and my tabletop role-playing journey that has been experimenting and finding the parts of me that are me. Because one of the early, one of the early like crises that I had when I was in the acting world was if I can be anyone, who am I actually? Like, Mm. who am I at the core of it all? What a question. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was like eight, and oh I was gosh. like 18 when I started having that question, which was not an ideal time. Yeah, can you say that one more time? If I can be anyone, who am I actually? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm going to think about that one afterwards. Um And I But yeah, continue. Well, and I think that's why the protagonists of the Persona games, but specifically Joker have really appealed to me Mm. is because they can put on all of these different masks. They're all aspects of their soul when you get right down to it. But when you're in Joker's attic over uh, LeBlanc, the song that plays is called Beneath the Mask, and it is one of these. Yeah, I was about to ask you if you have that for repeat. (laughs) I do. It's on several characters uh, (laughs) uh, playlists. Oh my gosh. Because yes. in my opinion, the the song that plays in the protagonist's private space is the best view of how they see themselves. Yeah. And that song where it's like, I am a shapeshifter at Pose Masquerade, hiding both face and mind. And I'm over here just like, mm-hmm. why am I getting all of this from a JRPG? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. So yeah, it's, you're not playing Dragon Quest, right? Not, I mean, not to diss that game by any means, but you know, it's it's a different tone. Let's say. yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's very much been you know playing TTRPGs, playing uh, video games because I when I get into a video game, I really get into a video game. Case in point, the Dragon Age games. Um, yes. And then also TTRPGs, which have been an obsession of mine for about four years at this point. Um, yeah. And part of it has been, I think, finding out who the core of me is. And it has really helped because there are things that I keep that I keep circling back around to where it's like I I make bad choices sometimes. I make bad choices that burn my world down around me sometimes. And I'm not proud of them. But at the core of it all, I'm still trying to do good. And I'm still trying, I'm, I'm still, I still tend to be the mom friend or in the five man band, the heart of, of the groups that I am in. And that is important to me because when I can be vulnerable and open and talk about my journeys on, you know, social media, I talk about uh, my journey in the queer world. I talk about the fact that I have depression and anxiety pretty openly and it allows other people to look at that and go okay there's a word for that Mm, right yeah and that's really important to me yeah Yeah, giving a voice giving an experience and being like okay tiana's going through this and these sound like the same sorts of things that i have been through what if that what if that's what's going on with me Mm -hmm. so that got really deep and philosophical quickly Well, I, I love it. And I think it's it's really interesting because I think we all have our own stories that revolve around why we love the things that we love. Um, you know, speaking of which, uh, which is the best uh, Dragon Age game and why is it Origins? <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't say Origins, I'm going to have to come to, to Phoenix just to smack you. Um, I mean, well, if that gets you to visit, then great. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Although you got sick the last time you were out this direction. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I'm, you know, uh, how how dare you get sick? It's it. All my friends are cat people and they all <laughs> just destroy my immune oh, system. But anyway, is that go what ahead. It is. Um, I think so. But yeah, I I have been in love with Origins since I played it at the very uh, at the very start. And I think it's because I mean, the 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 animation style is pretty janky it's not the prettiest game yeah. ever and the combat is kind of meh. It's definitely not <laughs> yeah it's definitely not pretty. but the characters are incredible like yes i i could go on at length about liliana and morgan and sten and, and particularly alistair yeah not ogren really <laughs> mm, not particularly no <laughs> No. But you know, everyone but yeah, has those, thing. those four that you mentioned, those are the right answers. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. They're, they have such the, and I mean, uh, uh, Zevran, that's his name. Yeah. Zevran. I lost his name. Yeah, for Jeez. His, his story arc is all, is also really fascinating to me, but just all mm. of these different, the sense that you have this incredible sacrifice that you have to do in order to save the world. And you go into it with open eyes, kind of, and you realize that, you know, your time is incredibly limited, but you're looking in the faces of every person that you have saved from this blight and look at them and go, it's worth it. Yeah. I love that moment as you're getting ready to do the final battle and you say like your goodbyes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful moment. I, I can't remember, Andrew. Did you ever finish the Dragon Age games or play them? I feel I, like you didn't. No, I I did uh, play through Origins. I played mm. 
Right. Uh, oh. I played a good chunk of two and I played a big chunk of three, but didn't finish either of those. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I have, I have a difficult time uh, when it comes to these kinds of games. I, I kind of hate this about myself because I <laughs> like, I'll talk to you, Adam, about these games. And, yeah. you know, I remember back uh, when origins was, uh, was still the newest one. Like it was be- pre dragon age two. And you would, right. I think the biggest number I had heard you say was like having played through it like 14 times or some ludicrous yeah, number yeah, like that's that. A, that's yeah. about right. Yeah. For, for <laughs> yeah. me, when I play these sorts of games, well, or really, I suppose any video game um, where there's a lot of exploration and things like that, I have very, 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 very strong completionist tendencies. Mm. So the idea of going back and doing it again feels so monumental and like just a massive time sink that like, I think probably that's why you like Skyrim and fallout more because you're not really expected to start over. Yeah. I'm, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Skyrim fallout. I enjoyed. Okay. But I definitely didn't get into it like I did Skyrim. Honestly, my favorite, honestly, maybe my my favorite game ever uh, has got to be The Witcher 3. Um, mm. I That's I love that freaking game. Like, I, I feel like it is so, so close to perfect. Um, Tiana, is, is uh, Persona 5 your favorite game ever or what's your favorite game ever? I think Persona 5 is definitely way like Dragon Age Origins and Persona 5 duke it out for that top spot. Most of the time, Persona 5 takes it just honestly because of the music. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. And the music interface design alone Mm -hmm. is like. It's so sleek. It's so pretty. And it's just it's it's wonderful. And yeah. Yeah, I I I love I, I love the catchphrase steal back your future. There's something very much to that. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I just, I feel like, um, it's, it's difficult for me to dive back in. Like I've only played through the Witcher three fully once and, and mm-hmm. I, well, it's not really a replay game. Right. Um, but yeah. at the same time, the, the stories are, are so compelling, but like you guys will, go back in and like try all these different things. And I'm, I have such a hard time understanding how you even do it without feeling like you're missing things or like, um, you know, you'll have these, these different character interactions, but they're like eight hours into the game. And I'm like, how do you, how, how, how? So, so with Dragon Ow. Age Origins, so that's the question for you. Yeah. So with Dragon Age Origins, um, I played through it completely, somewhere in the neighborhood of like fourteen times. I think that's I think that's a good number. And then I started mm. all of the other Origins at least once, so I could get the trophy for it. 
Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but I, I tended to stick with my human noble, the, the little Kuzland, uh, one, one of whom was named yes. Keladry, actually, hilariously. Oh, I have always yeah. liked that name. Um, it's a good one. But my goal, once I realized how much I love Dragon Age Origins, was to find the perfect version of the story for me to write off of when I was writing mm. uh, fan fiction involved with it, which I will not point anyone towards because it was terrible. <laughs> but it was for me, and I enjoyed it. Nice. Well, that's really that's really yeah, good. Yeah, I think uh, I do want to explore all the different things, and, and knowing that those other options and outcomes were out there, what, I just had to see them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't like enough to just YouTube it. Oh, I wanted I, to like I hate that. the idea of doing that. That's also something yeah. that I that I don't do. So a lot of these things where you mention like this character doing this thing or this environmental thing happening or all that stuff, like usually my experience that I have with the game is the single unique one playthrough that I do. And and when I do that playthrough, I try to hit everything. Um mm-hmm. and it Yeah, and you just can't really do that right. in in a BioWare title typically. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, and my favorite BioWare, well my favorite video game period ever was was Mass Effect mm-hmm. 2. And it's it's very much like Origins in that it's peak EA or not EA, I should what? say. <laughs> I mean I mean, it is, but it's also peak Bioware, yes. right? And it is the absolute best times of of that company. And and I think it really does kind of come down to those characters and exploring them, but also the story choices and and uh, and outcomes. I mean, I think in terms of amount of endings, I think Origins might take the cake, like all the different ways of of resolving the issue with the dark spawn mm-hmm. and with Morrigan it, you know, there's, there's so many decisions there. Yeah. And I, and I'll say, um, I think, I think my head cannon is definitely Aiden Kuzland. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's the, I think that's the right choice, but I think I played circle of Magi the most because mages and origins were just objectively better than other classes. <laughs> I don't know. Having, having, having a, a, a female Kuzland who's married to Alistair at the end of all of it is pretty much my head cannon. Oh no. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely the way to go. I, um, I, I, I think the romance with Alistair is actually fantastic. Cause of course I did every single one of them. Excellent. And, and, and every which way that you possibly could, uh, and uh, I hated Ogren in all of mm-hmm. them. He's kind of awful <laughs> in all of them. He just he just sucks. <laughs> it's just the worst. Just the worst character. I would not put him in my party unless I had to. But Morrigan obviously struck a, a nerve with me uh, as I as I named my eldest Morrigan. Yeah. So, uh, you know, definitely, especially with kind of the resolution stuff you can get in in Inquisition. It was. Yeah, I've I've had I've had know. a really hard time with Inquisition, and part of it is is the yeah. UI. You and I have talked about this, where it's just like I yeah. I can't read white text on a light background. I'm sorry, oh, my no. eye, my eyes are pretty good. They're not that good. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Each environment was pretty and all, but I really didn't want to like comb every inch of it and just feel like I was just wasting so much time. It's, like, it's one of the reasons why I never got into games like Skyrim and that sort of thing, because when I can do everything, I will do nothing. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, I like both. Uh, I like uh, the best way to play Skyrim, in my opinion, is to ignore the main quest and to just look up at the compass at the top of the screen and just go to the nearest picture and then do whatever that is. And then just keep doing that <laughs> and and avoid fighting Alduin the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the ultimate Skyrim experience. Yeah. Um. OK, so. You know, getting off of that topic, G- gently guiding ourselves off of the Bioware G- and all. Yes, because because and persona and because we else. could talk about those video games for the rest of the night. And poor poor Andrew, <laughs> we just no, it's fine. I know he's just um yeah. You know, it it was it was really great to to have you here and to hear your story. I mean, um, you know, there are a you know a billion topics that we could and will do at some point. Um, and uh, I do want to have you back because there is a, a topic that I did want to hit with you this evening, but it just didn't pan out that way. And that's fine. Um, that happens. Uh, but this was really, really uh, interesting. And it's cool to hear about your origins and your kind of, just the journey that you took and the different things that are out there and what the gaming community uh, and the hobby and RPGs in general, what those mean to you. And I'm sure that there are many, many people out there who uh, may not be as vocal, but who would completely uh, 100% identify with the journey that you have gone on and are still on. Um, so thank you for that. That that was very, very cool and very interesting to hear. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. It has been a pleasure being here with, with you two and talking about this because I think about these sorts of things all of the time, but I don't necessarily articulate them until we get into these sure. sorts of conversations. And I think... That's I how think it these goes. sorts of things are yeah exactly. I think these sorts of things are really important to articulate because like you said there's a lot of people who have been through similar things and may feel really alone and mm. you, you're not you're not alone. There are other people who are going through similar things and there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's probably not a train. That's what I tell myself. Fingers <laughs> crossed. I mean, you know, if it is, at least you hope it's going real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and the dark humor in for the win. Ah, nailed it. Oh, yes. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I. Yeah, absolutely. I though. think the, uh, you know, as as it always is here with us, you know, the, the secret ingredient is love. And we will stand by that until the day we die. You know, we. Mm-hmm. We love this hobby. We love each other. We, you know, we love what, what this, what the hobby can bring to our lives and, and who this hobby can bring to our lives. You know, if, if it wasn't for RPGs, literally the three of us would never have met. It's, it's entirely true. And I don't know. I genuinely don't know how I would have handled the pandemic without all of the games that I was involved with because taking notes for it and writing things from my character's perspectives and being somewhere else where I could go on grand adventures with my friends. 
helped yeah. really save my sanity. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's one of the few ways that there are to get out while you stay in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this has been a lot of fun, and I, uh, you know, I think I speak for for both of us when when I say um, that we're very grateful to you for taking the time to just come hang out with us and um uh, not that you had anything better to do but <laughs> <laughs> i i am i am very honored that you to that you invited me to come on and i would be more than happy to come and chat more about uh, i think i know which topic you wanted to hit on but we didn't yeah. get there and i'll be interested to see how things resolve in that particular area and i'd love to talk more about it yeah i okay so tiana here is your homework okay because how how it pans out um is gonna impact things so here i guess here's a little teaser for everybody the topic that we did want to get to tonight is a big one when it comes to rpgs and that is character death which that is going to be a topic that's going to be so fun to talk about. It's going to be dark as hell, but it's going to be great. <laughs> um, and, you know, how how we deal with character death, uh, the different ways that we approach it, the attitudes that we have toward it, how it can impact us and things like that. So... Because, spoiler alert, on, on Friday, I had my very first ever TTRPG character that's not in a one-shot. I don't count one-shots. This is someone that I've been playing for, what are we at now, 10 months, 9 or 10 months, who died in Friday session. Whew. Spike. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stick, though. I don't think so, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see how it resolves, and it's something that I'd like to talk more about, because I've been thinking a lot about it the last few days. And I want you to write down in detail journal or diary entry how you were feeling when it happened and you know the what's going through your head before you start thinking like oh maybe she could come back or maybe it will or won't stick or you know when your character went down and your character went down to level nine spell power word kill, like straight up big guns from Mab, no less. So, you know, at the very least, if you're going to go down, go, 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 go out with, oh, with, totally. uh, you know, the, the, the freaking queen of the unseely going after you. Like that's, that's the way to go. <laughs> totally. So I, I want to, I want to make sure that you, uh, have some record of what what you were feeling when it was fresh um, before uh, something else may or may not happen to undo it or change it or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Because um, that's it's a really unique experience, especially for it to be your very first character death. Um, so I think that that can be uh, that'll be a a lot of fun and very interesting to uh, to talk about uh, when we're able to get to that. Yeah, and I w- and I would love to talk more about that because it really even knowing the things that I do know because Spike and I were talking behind the scenes. Oh, sure. 
Um, I I was yeah. There were there were a lot of emotions, and I, I I'd love to get into that. Great, great. Um, all right. So I I think it's uh, well, it's definitely about time to wrap this up. Uh, Adam, is there anything else you want to throw in? Oh, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much got it, guys. Um, I, there's more we could have talked about. And if you guys want to stay for bonus content where we just talk about Persona for four hours, <laughs> then please look. <laughs> we could, though. We really Ooh. could. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll only talk for 10% of the game's runtime. Uh, I- which person? Which person's <laughs> playthrough of that game? Because I've got 200 hours uh- logged in that game. <laughs> Which one of my playthroughs? Yeah, that too. <laughs> you guys are freaking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies Hot and gentlemen. Black. The, well. <laughs> fair. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Tiana, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us you can head on over to uh why do i flub on this every time now inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com i'm i'm having like this weird dyslexic thing where i'm flipping the buzzsprout and the inspiration point in my head and it's messing with me i don't oh, know why goodness <laughs> And if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point. And you can support us at the one, five or $20 level. Uh, and the big one, if you do choose to support us there, uh, Adam will run a game for you. Um, and Tiana, is there anything you would like to plug before we sign off? Sure. Uh, I'm most commonly found over at Quest and Chaos. We live stream on Twitch and archive on YouTube and on the various podcast catchers. Uh, we're over on twitch.tv slash quests and chaos or youtube.com slash quests chaos. Uh, I did my very first DMing experience over on Quest and Chaos. Uh, what is that now? Two years ago? Something like that. Uh, it has been an adventure being with Quest and Chaos. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I also am an actor and the editor and producer on the Redacted Reports, which is a Delta Green podcast. Think the X-Files meets Lovecraftian Cthulhu. It's a lot of fun. I play the FBI agent. I resist the urge to, to uh, compare her to Scully all of the time. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, her character really likes coffee. Well, I mean, she lives on the stuff. Uh, it is a combination <laughs> of an actual play and a radio play because I do a lot of very heavy editing on it and add sound effects, music, and uh, take out the <clears throat> the tangents that happen. So <laughs> mm, that, so yeah, Imagine. quest and chaos and the redacted reports. If you want to hear, if you want to see more of what I put into the various characters, uh, go check those out. Cause every, I, I very much believe in what Stanislavski said in an actor prepares. Of course you make a character out of your own soul. Where would you get another? There you go. There you go. Well, with all that having been said, um, I think the takeaway from this is embrace your own origin story. Think about your own journey and uh, how that has impacted the things that you love. And uh, until next time, stay inspired. 
Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.